You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells for our Forces of Destiny recap. I'm your host, Cassie Scutch, and today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 2 of the miniseries Forces of Destiny. The episode's entitled BB-8 Bandits, but before we get there, I thought it would only be appropriate to talk about a little bit of news. Um, I'm not going to talk about a whole lot of news here on this uh, little mini podcast show, but I will talk about anything that I feel like is important to me, and uh, I have something valid to speak about. Um, My episode last week was filmed Thursday night, um, and then the Resistance trailer was dropped the very next morning, and I was like listening back to the episode, and I realized that I had talked a lot about uh, thinking about resistance and thinking about the trailer and how I hadn't seen anything. And I was like, oh, that's going to be weird when it comes out. Like, because obviously the trailer will have already been out, but now I'm back and I'm going to talk about the trailer a little bit. Um, I wasn't very surprised by what I saw with the trailer. Um, I knew that this show in particular was definitely going to be a little bit more for kids, even more so than Rebels was. And a lot of people were complaining about the about how Clone Wars was good and it was for more for adults. And then Rebels kind of dumbed down to kids a little bit more, but not as much. I mean, it still got really dark there in the, in the end of it. Um, but uh, you can definitely tell just by the style and even some of the... By the voice acting that this is definitely geared a lot more towards kids. I know a lot of people were very upset about it. I'm not, I'm not, um, again, I'm not fully decided on how I feel about it. I'm going to wait until we actually get to see it because I think that trailers can be made different in order to attract a different audience. And I know they're trying to get some younger kids again to keep watching it, just like, what they're doing here with Forces of Destiny. I think that Resistance is going to be different than things that we've seen in the past, and I'm not 
I'm cautious. I'm cautiously optimistic. Is that what Mike or Matt said last? I feel like I heard them say exactly that, but that's how I feel. Um, Actually, that's the exact words they used, but that's a very good way to kind of describe the feeling going into this as a Star Wars animation fan. It's definitely going to be different than what we've gotten to see so far. Um, Just based off the voice acting, you can tell that it's going to be a lot more like those cookie-cutter children's cartoons, which um, I'm not as excited for, but I know it's better for a younger audience, and it's uh, definitely going to catch their eyes and ears a little bit better. So there's that. I'm excited to get this pre-The Force Awakens content. We've gotten a little bit of it with the Poe comics, but we haven't gotten much more than that. Uh, this will definitely, I'm excited for the res- Resistance show to tie in to the help that they're trying to get at the end of The Last Jedi. Um, we know that the characters from the end of the Battlefront game uh, are gathering help, and I imagine um, that our characters from the Resistance show are going to also be that help that they're trying to get um, back. And I'm sure that's um, that's gonna be a point throughout the show is that they're gonna talk about gathering allies. Um, so I think that'll be interesting as a, as a call in to The Last Jedi. I'm also hoping with this show that we will maybe get to know a little bit more about Black Squadron. We've, uh, like I said with the Poe comics, we've gotten to meet them a little bit but I think it'd be this would be a good place to kind of bring them in and get to know them um better as far as in a video format because I think that that could be something that we haven't explored quite as much especially in more of the mainstream of Star Wars um but could be very interesting and could create more of a following for uh little boys Uh, I know a lot of the boys are interested in ships and flying and fighting. Uh, I'm more interested in the story and the force and that kind of stuff. But that's, you know, the difference between boys and girls when it comes to viewing Star Wars. And I think it could be it could be interesting if we got to explore Black Squadron a little bit more. Uh, These are all just kind of my background hopes for uh this show coming up and obviously we've only got to see about a minute of it so um again it's it's too soon to really pass any judgments on it I know a lot of people I was just reading through the comments and they they kind of make me sad the comments on YouTube but YouTube comments are always going to be a little uh negative but um I'm really I'm really looking forward to trying it to, to giving this show its proper respect and giving it a chance to be as good as Clone Wars or Rebels, which I mean is very hard. I don't think it, it, I'm gonna go ahead and say I don't think it will be, um, but just based on what I've seen so far, but I don't wanna make that judgment so far. Um, It definitely won't get as dark. It definitely won't cover as much of a story, I think, but it will, serve its purpose and I think a lot of people aren't thinking about that so far um people are very used to what they're used to and getting used to something else is pretty hard for Star Wars fans that's part of why the last Jedi was so divisive uh 
we 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 like what we like and we don't want it to change and I'm excited to give something else a shot so I mean that's really all I have to speak about resistance I I have have pretty high hopes for it but now I understand more of the tone that the show is going for. Also, in news, this is the last thing we'll get to for news today, I also uh, wanted to talk about Kelly Marie Tran speaking out about the harassment she experienced on Instagram. Um, She, what, left Instagram in July, June, and I remember going through her Instagram when she was still on Instagram, and I loved her account. I would show it to any of my friends. I'd be like, look at Kelly. She's just a great person. I love her so much. Um, But I couldn't help but notice um, all of the negative comments on her Instagram. And um, most of them were not racial. Um, There were one or two that I would notice every now and again that were racially driven. Most of them were just um, negative uh, pertaining to the character of Rose, people not liking that character. Um, and I definitely remember looking at her account and thinking, she's going to delete it one day because the the harassment's really kind of insane um, on Kelly's account. And I remember the same thing happened to Daisy uh, after The Force Awakens. Uh, she was getting negative comments because she was posting about her workout regimen she would post working out um, and people were making comments about her body type. Um, I believe they were saying that she was push- pushing some kind of unhealthy uh, unhealthy expectations, which, I mean, if you were watching Daisy's Instagram, you knew that she was working out really hard. She was gaining muscle. She was gaining weight. Like, that was... That was why she was exercising, so I don't I don't get where people were coming from there, but people will always they'll always try to find a way to discount a woman who has a following. Um and so that's what they found for Daisy and for Kelly, they were the the internet decided that they wanted to make fun of her for the character of Rose and for her race. Um and I hated this for her. It was terrible. Um, and I, we, I was looking at at her Instagram and I felt so bad. And and I I was not surprised when I found out she deleted it. Uh, Ryan Johnson had some choice words to tweet as well about the whole scenario. Um, but I hadn't heard her speak about it until today. We hadn't seen anything. And she was, she was very confident today speaking. Um, she spoke about the unique opportunity she has to tell stories um, and present that to a wider audience throughout the world. Um, She was talking about how she's the first woman of color to have a leading role in a Star Wars movie and the first Asian woman to appear on the cover of Vanity Fair. She even um, ended by saying, saying, you know, my name, you know me as Kelly, but my real name is Loanne. Loan, I butchered that, um, which makes me a terrible person. Uh, but it was really, it was really good to see her be so 
strong and confident in saying, you know, what she believes in and what I believe in as well. It's so important for her to represent uh, women, but not just women, uh, women of color. Um, and her being in the Star Wars universe, her being Rose is an amazing, like, I I love Rose. I love that character. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I enjoyed it so much having that character. I was glad that they added another female character to the group, especially because they were kind of, they're breaking, breaking the sequel trilogy group up. Um, and I love Kelly. I love her. Um, she's a great person. She, she was taking, um, the whole Star Wars thing in, in, in. She was being a part of that. Um, one of my favorite videos on the internet, I'm going kind of off just talking about Kelly as a person. One of my favorite videos is her a uh, couple days after The Last Jedi came out and she's sitting in a coffee shop and she overhears the pe- person, the group of people in the booth next to her talking about Rose. Uh, they didn't know she was sitting right there and she went and introduced herself to them. and. And she's just, she's just such a great person. She's so, she was so, um, invested in the community and she, she loved being a part of Star Wars. She loves being a part of Star Wars, but I hate seeing that compromised by people saying mean things and people trying to put her down for things that they definitely shouldn't be putting her down for, um, and it breaks my heart. It's happened to both young women who are the leads in the sequel trilogy. And that breaks my heart. And it, it, it just comes down to the the unwillingness for the Star Wars fandom to accept new things. Um, which I was just talking about with the Resistance trailer. Um, we're, we're really unwilling to accept these new things. It's why we don't like, you know, people didn't like Rebels. That's why people didn't like, uh, don't like the sequel trilogy. That's why people get really mad about Disney buying Star Wars. And it's not even just accepting new things, but it's accepting that maybe a man isn't going to be the lead anymore. These women do not deserve this hate. They don't deserve to be treated in the way that you're being treated for being in a movie that they did amazing in and that they deserved every part of. And it it really breaks my heart to see that these things have been happening, but it really lifts my spirits to see the way that Kelly reacted and let the world know that. Um, I'm going to be done talking about this now because I'm kind of just going off into the same thing over and over again. Um, so with that, we're going to get started with the recap. Whilst preparing to take BB-8 to Nima Outpost, Ray notices that Tito is observing them. At the same moment, two bandums try to attack Ray, but she manages to escape on board her speeder. As Ray escapes from the bandits, they start to chase her across the desert. The bandits try to take her out, but Ray tricks the bandits, and she's able to force the two of them to crash into each other's speeder bikes. After realizing that Tito is the only one remaining, she comes up with a plan and tricks him into following her to the wreckage of an Imperial Star Destroyer. Once inside the wreckage, Ray's scheme goes exactly as planned and a Night Watcher worm attacks Tito and eats his speeder. After seeing Tito flee, Ray and BB-8 once again start on their path to Nima Outpost.
Okay, so first of all, I don't know if they meant this as a joke or they meant for it to be ironic, but Ray at the beginning tells BB-8, if someone's looking for you, we'll find them there, speaking about Nemo Outpost while they're getting ready to head there. And I started laughing really hard at this because um, somebody is looking for them and they do find them at Nemo Outpost, but they are not the good guys. Um, they are the First Order uh, and everybody's looking for this droid. Um, and I don't know why, but that really, really made me laugh. Um, and not only were the First Order looking for BB-8 at Nima Outpost and around Jakku, but, uh, on their way to, uh, Nima Outpost, obviously Tito was looking for him and trying to capture him. And I was reading the, the book, oh, what was it called? BB-8 on the Run. It was a children's book, um. And they were talking about how Tito captured BB-8 before, um, captured him twice. So once before um, BB-8 was saved by Ray. Um, so Tito's really after BB-8. He's really looking for him. Um, he's now escaped him twice. Uh, so obviously, yes, people are looking for BB-8, but not who he wants to be looking for him, uh, which I don't, I don't know why, but that made me laugh really hard. Um, I apologize, there's a road outside, but this is the most quiet place I could have recorded. This episode was also really cool because I talked a lot in the last episode about how there's insight into Ray's life on Jakku here with these uh, Forces of Destiny episodes that pertain to Ray on Jakku. Um, and part of that was with Ray and the Bandits. Um, having things stolen was a big problem on Jakku. They, uh, the, what was the book I read? There was a book I read, what was it called? Like, Before the Awakening? Uh, something about that. It had a story about Ray, a story about Poe, and a story about Finn. Um, and in that story, Ray, uh, it, show, it, it explains how Ray learned how to fly. Um, she built herself a computer uh, that she she fixed a computer that she pulled from the wreckage of a Star Destroyer that had a flight simulator on it. And she also was able to build her own ship um, and was planning on selling it um, with a couple of friends of hers. But her friends turned on her and stole the ship. Uh, and then in the book, she also mentions how she has to cover the ATAT in order to uh, keep people from trying to get into it and steal her stuff. Um, the bandits are a big problem on Jakku, I'd imagine, especially with the barter economy that they have, um, where you know having stuff and being able to sell stuff is how you stay alive. Um, so it was interesting again to see the bandits as well as Tito, because we already knew about Tito. We didn't know more about other um, opposing scavengers and or bandits um, on Jakku. Uh, 
it was interesting. It was it was interesting to see, you know, she knew how to take care of that situation. She knew she uh how to kind of outflank these guys and um along with that, like I just said, she had learned to fly off of a simulator that she had um kind of fixed out fixed for herself. Um and it was interesting to see her fighting with the speeder uh because even though obviously uh, a speeder is more like a car than like a um, a ship, but we're getting to see these um, a little bit of insight into how she can pilot, even though it is on the speeder. You know, she's able to get the two um, the two bandits to crash into each other, so they're no longer a problem just by kind of outmaneuvering them, um, which also kind of like I like to pick up on like kind of things that. Uh, people can get away with because Tito has a name so obviously they can't hurt Tito Tito can't die here but we do not know what happens to those bandits they are probably dead but since they don't have a name uh, Disney can kind of get away with that um, and then T but Tito's fine at the end of the episode even though they are able to defeat him even Ray going through the Star Destroyer you know she um, it, it also gives us kind of like a precursor to uh, Ray piloting the Falcon through the destroyer, you know, we're seeing that she does know her way through the Star Destroyer and she can maneuver a small, uh, small vehicle through uh, the insides of this destroyer. So she already kind of knows her way around. She kind of already knows what she's doing. Of course, the Falcon was a little bit more tight of a fit, but we are getting that um, in there. So it makes that a little bit less outlandish uh, to have happened in The Force Awakens. And a lot of people talk about her being uh, Mary Sue, being overpowered, all this stuff. Um, but a lot of the things that we're getting in The Force Awakens is showing that she didn't just get all these skills out of nowhere. You know, she was, they built, she had those skills built up over time. It wasn't just this like, oh, she can do this because she needs to for the purpose of the story. Um, she can actually, she does these things because there were purposes in her everyday life before she was a part of the resistance. Um, so I thought that was interesting, getting to see her maneuver through the Star Destroyer the way she did. Um, obviously, I you guys know, I love that Night Watcher worm. I was like trying to look online and see if there was like a Night Watcher worm, like some kind of toy I could buy to put on my wall or on my shelf or whatever. I couldn't find one yet. I'm still looking. Um, <laughs> but I like that they brought him back for this episode. As I said, there are not many of these episodes that connect to each other. This one's the first one that uh, connects directly to another episode of Forces of Destiny. It's one of the few that do so. Um, and I like how they bring him back and they feed him more uh, because at the end of the first episode, uh, he got something to eat, but definitely did not get a whole ton to eat. Um, so it was nice to see her taking, her and BB-8 both, because I guess it was kind of BB-8's idea as well, um, them taking their previous knowledge of what they're doing on this planet and what they're, how they're outsmarting other people and using previous knowledge to get through the next obstacle, that obstacle being 
obviously Tito trying to steal BB-8 again. And I also like how, you know, they turned an old enemy into an ally, um, which is just always interesting to see. It's always a good thing to have happen in something like this, especially when it's a kid's show. Uh, because as I said, you know, you can always take somebody who you don't like and who doesn't like you and maybe you don't get along with, but maybe you're, you will be able to take that disagreement and inability to work together, find some common ground and be able to maybe be friends with this person, help this person, have them help you. And so that was really interesting to see them using previous knowledge in order to overcome something else and also using something that once was a obstacle for them as something to help them out um, in the end. They also obviously show compassion just like they did at the last time, although um, not as greatly, obviously. Uh, it was kind of the Night Watcher worms um, doing to either spare Tito or eat him. Um, but obviously they're not going to do that in Forces of Destiny. They're not going to eat Tito. Uh, like I said, he has a name, so they're not going to eat him. Not on a kid's show, at least. Overall, I like this episode. Um, again, we get Ray kind of fighting. She, there's a moment where she says, speaking, speaking to Tito, if you want him, come and get him. She was kind of taunting him, getting him to, to move out so that then I watch a room could come get him. But I thought it was interesting. I hear her, she was obviously just taunting him, but there's a lot of talk about how Ray is the first one to fight. She's the first one, to, you know, you see the Force Awakens. She's the first one to ignite the saber against Kylo. She's the first one to shoot at him. Or no, she's not the first one to ignite, but she is the first one to shoot at him. Um, and then in The Force Awakens, or no, in The Last Jedi, she shoots at him during the first Force Bond um, moment. She shoots at him right away and is the first to insult him and be unwilling just talk like a normal person so even though this is not really her doing that this was more her taunting it was still kind of interesting to see her um be a little bit more threatening and 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 obviously taunting tito sorry if my thoughts are a little jumbled today i don't think there is quite as much to talk about with this episode as there was with the last one one of the things i don't like so much about forces of destiny is they do kind of for the first season here, you know, there's a very basic plot and it's the main character's trying to go someplace, something's getting in their way, they have to fight the thing getting in their way, but not kill it in the end, and then they beat it and are able to do what they need. Um and that's kind of the basic plot for the first little bit of Forces of Destiny, so there's not too much to talk about with these first couple episodes, especially when we are getting uh, the same character two times in a row. In this episode, obviously, Ray is a little bit less, um, a little bit less compassionate, which is interesting, um, but I think there is a lot in the episode before, and we're still kind of seeing that compassion towards the Night Watcher worm. You know, she obviously most likely kills the two bandits. I don't know. I don't I I'm I'm sure they're okay for the purpose of the show, but like if that had happened in in a movie, they would have been dead. And of course, she's compassionate towards Nightwatcher worm, you know, she has a way to feed it. She feeds it a lot, but um obviously as Tito walks off, she's like, "Ah, oh, Tito'll be fine. He just needs a new speeder." Uh, which is is true, but now, you know, she's 
not quite helping her opponent in the way that she did the last episode. She's she's um, penalizing him for trying to attack, which is different than what we've gotten in the past. Uh, so that is a way that, like, kind of these episodes are a little bit different, just the level of, you know, what what is the motivation of the opponent and what does that mean for how our main character is going to be treating them. So obviously the Night Watcher Worm in the last episode uh, was attacking uh, Ray and BB-8 because he was hungry and he ate trash. Um, so that's not something that is... That's not as much of something that you can really uh, be too mad at him for. And she helps him out. But obviously Tito and the bandits are trying to kidnap BB-8 in order to sell him. Which requires a different type of, uh, I guess, retaliation from our main character here, which is Ray, obviously. I don't have much more to talk about with this episode. Um, hopefully next week we'll have a little bit more to talk about. Uh, I believe the episode next week is Ewok Escape. Um, I think that episode is a little bit longer, so we'll have more to talk about there. But I think that's all we have to talk about this week, so thanks for listening. And as always, you can stay up to date with all the latest in Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast and on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at Cassie Scutch, that's C-A-S-S-I-E-S-C-U-T-C-H. And of course, we're part of the Thunderquack Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out the other podcasts in the network. And if you'd like to support us, you can do that in one of two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch, or by heading to patreon.com thunderquack and pledging your support. Your monthly pledge gives you access to cool exclusives like the Thunderquack podcast and the Thunderquack group on Facebook. Um, thanks for listening, um, and we'll be back next week with Ewok Escape. Thank you.